start the launch sequence. Are your kids ready for life after school? Let's get them ready. Hello everyone again, hope you are well, and welcome into episode number two of the launch sequence. I'm Bill Priestley. Again, it's great to have you with us as we take a look at the parent's role in helping you help your kids make decisions when it comes to all things related to career, job, sustainable lifestyle. You get the picture. So last episode, first episode, we wanted to talk about playing with fire, asking that question to your children, what do you want? No guardrails? No restrictions. It's a hard question to ask, but it's also not a question you can ask once and then just leave it there. We as parents know that what a child wants can change by the second. So it's important to keep asking this question, more and more so that they aren't afraid of it when it really comes time to make a decision about life after school. Plus, as long as you keep your own opinions relatively to yourself and don't tell them not to do something that might even be pretty profitable for their lives, They'll trust you more when that moment comes and be more open about their answers. However, when should you ask this question? I'll open with this. There's never a bad time to ask it. It always can be an opportunity for a good conversation. When I was in college, there was a couple that joked repeatedly asking each other the question, will you marry me? And the respondent would always say, yes, I'll marry you. Then one day, a ring showed up and it wasn't a joke. But the familiarity of the situation made it not traumatic. Now, I wouldn't necessarily recommend that kind of approach, but nevertheless, the same can be said of this question. By asking it more often, there's a familiarity with it that your child can expect. And you can preface this to your child with the fact that there is a time coming when we're going to leave the gate open to the entire world and you need to go through it. And you can ask it to a child as young as you want because it may also give you some keys into their own personality. My daughter's five years old and has said more than anything else that she wants to be a firefighter. She wants to help people and save people. She also has said that she wants to be a ballerina or a cheerleader, which indicates that she enjoys enjoys performance, and she does. But will those things statistically come true? Probably not on a professional level. But they do start to shed some light into things that she'll gravitate towards as I ask those kinds of questions. It will also give you a chance to see what sticks in their mind and see what answers stay with them over longer periods of time. Again, good indications of what they find more comfortable and more aspirational. There are specific times, though, when you really need to ask this question because certain decisions need to be made and using that feedback you get can also help make some of these decisions. The first time is actually during puberty, when the hormones start to pick up. William Damon, who is a Stanford University human development specialist, wrote a book called The Path to Purpose on how young people make the decision about what they want to do with their lives. In his book, studies show that during puberty, hormones start racing and experiences are heightened. No, we did not need a Stanford study to confirm that for us. We already knew that from our own personal experience. But what the study found is that experiences that teens have in puberty are far more impactful than at any other time in their lives. For instance, if a teen in puberty has spaghetti for the first time and loves it, they'll love spaghetti for the rest of their life. 
Reason being, what would be a somewhat regular experience outside of puberty becomes a magnified experience in puberty. Likewise, if a teen has broccoli for the first time in puberty and absolutely hates it, they'll run from broccoli for a very long time before they eat it again or even consider it possibly even being good. The same is true with many first-time experiences. The more positive or negative, the more or less a person wants to have them as lifelong experiences. That's why noticing your child through these developmental years is so crucial to understanding them as people. This is the reason why you don't want a child getting hooked on addictive behaviors like sniffing hand sanitizer during those years because they will only want that experience to intensify. So think of those relationships your child has during puberty. If those relationships are solid and beneficial and supportive of each other, like best friends who have each other's backs, they'll likely want those kinds of relationships for the rest of their lives. If they get caught up in the wrong crowd doing things that they shouldn't or being attractive to what might seem as codependent relationships, that's a warning sign for parents to get in and intervene if necessary. The important thing to remember here is that those experiences in puberty will likely form the map on which your child forms their worldview. If they get a part-time job, say, and they hate it, that could make them averse to working in the real world. On the other end, if they enjoy fundraising in high school, that could be something they could continue to do later on in life. And it certainly isn't tied to one's career. Think about this from your own perspective. What's your favorite movie? Your favorite band or musical artist? Your favorite food? Chances are you can look back in time in your early teens when you first really got exposed to those things. I don't know about you, but my favorite movie was The Natural. I saw it when I was 11 years old. My favorite band was Huey Lewis in the News all through the mid-80s, something that I am not ashamed of. And yes, I liked the song Hip to be Square, and I still like that song. And my friends will say that I fit the type as well. Nevertheless, as an aside to this... Whenever a magazine or website comes out with a greatest list or a worst list when it comes to something subjective like the arts, what you really need to read into this is who is voting and how old they are. Garbage Magazine put out the worst songs list, work songs of all time list, a few years ago, and it was dominated by what many of us would call cheesy 80s music. The number one worst song of all time? was We Built This City by Starship, by which I was categorically offended. What you can glean from this is that the voters all had bad experiences with that style of music in their early teens, and their early teens happened to be in pretty much the mid-portion of the 80s. So puberty is the first time, and it's such an important time, to be watching your kids and seeing what they are attracted to and what they are pushing away. You'll probably never get a better chance to see what they want and what they don't want than through that time as tumultuous as it already is. The next time, and this can be somewhat simultaneous with the first, is in ninth grade. This is because, at least in public schools, children sometimes have to make a choice about their academic track. Do they want to go into a college track or a trade track? For some, this can be a very important decision as it really does affect where they go after high school. There can be some crossover here as well. See, if your child has an interest in engineering, that's something they could pursue in both tracks. It's also important not to discount one over the other. Some teams work great with their hands and might have an interest, say, in cars. That doesn't necessarily mean that becoming an automobile technician is the career of their choice, with the image of them working with oil dripping on them 
lifting up heavy things and doing lots of labor. But what if they got a job working on Lamborghinis in Italy, making $150,000, $250,000 a year, working on high-performance engines tuned to very specific frequencies? That's just one example of a trade that can turn into a six-figure salary. In fact, many trades can do that without the cost of a college degree. That's another conversation for another day, but you get the point. Understanding your child will probably give you a better chance of answering that question to their benefit, and the only real way to do that is to listen and watch them and see where they want to go in life with regard to that question. Now let's move on to the trade track and come back to the college track in just a second. Obviously there are choices about what kind of trade your child obviously there are choices about what kind of trade your child might jump into, whether it's shop or woodwork or plumbing or electrical or a number of the other options that are out there. That said, let's talk about getting that first job. And if your child is going to end their formal education upon graduation from high school, they need to start looking for that first job in the fall semester of their senior year. The reason is that you want to beat the rush of what's going to happen as spring graduation approaches. If your teen is set on a certain career, again, you figure this out by having that conversation, they need to get in contact with people in that industry to show them interest and to stay in contact with them for the rest of the academic year and beyond. That way, when an opening does come up, your teen is front of mind for an employer that needs to fill an opening with an entry-level applicant. If they're not going to end their career at the high school level and perhaps they're going on to a trade school or a community college, that needs to be determined no later than early spring semester, senior year, so the student has time to evaluate institutions and determine which program is best for them. Yes, you can wait longer on this, but the more options that are out there, the more each needs to be evaluated as to which is the best option, and that can take some time. And again, the student needs to be looking for a job seven to eight months before graduation to give themselves the best chance of getting hired close to or close just after graduation day. Back to the college track. And after choosing that track, the next time to ask that question about what do you want in life is at the beginning a sophomore year of high school. Now, this is specifically for students that have their eye going to college or maybe have ideas about careers that would require a degree. The reason to ask now is because most colleges will give students a pass on their freshman year grades. Chances are it's a new school. You're back at the bottom of the totem pole. There's a lot to adjust to. So if your grades aren't great freshman year, there's no real cause for serious alarm. Sophomore year, though, that's when the spotlight is on your child academically. From here on through their senior year, colleges will weigh those grades as a major contributing factor in determining if they're going to accept your child as a student. So it's good to revisit the question of what do you want, but realize that there might be a program out there, just generally speaking, that would be a great fit for your child and they need to show that program they are worthy of a slot. Now, I should note here that this is not to add pressure to a student's high blood pressure when tests come around and they need to do well academically. If you present this in a way that can motivate them intrinsically, in other words, the results of the test aren't really that important, but what is more important is that you learn and retain the information and skills that will help you far more in the long run towards a career that requires that knowledge and skill. If it's presented that way, They've got a much better chance taking the test in stride and giving themselves the best chance to retain that knowledge with purpose in mind of using it later on in life.
Likewise, that same question needs to be asked in the spring of your child's junior year so that if you plan on doing a college trip that summer to visit schools, you know what kinds of schools would be good for your child given where they want to go after school. That gives you time to plan out a trip and see where the schools are that would be optimal for your child. A big decision around that idea of what your child wants to do is where they go to college. And I'm going to do a full podcast on this decision, but I'll simply say for now that the institution your child chooses is more than just about where they feel comfortable. It's also about the program they want to go into, the success rate of graduates getting into the industry your child wants, and the opportunities near and around the campus that can enhance your child's chances of getting into the industry. So those are some of the times when you really need to see what's going on with them in terms of where they want to take their lives from an occupational standpoint. But more than that, there are times where they also need to know where they want to take their lives. Sometimes it takes you asking that question more and more to make them think about it, and it becomes more and more present of mind. Because the last thing you want is when the end of their education comes, their formal education, and they give you a big hug on graduation day, and then they look up at you and ask, now what? One of the more amazing platitudes in life I think we've come to adopt is the idea that education can take you anywhere. And while that might be true, it also is beneficial to change that slightly to education can take you anywhere you want to go. And in order to do that, you need to have a where you want to go in order for your education to be able to take you there. But you can't assume that education will take you where you want to go. I'm reminded about Yogi Berra when he famously said, if you don't know where you're going, you'll probably end up somewhere else. And as parents, we need to be reminded that education is not just found in academia. It's found through personal experience. If we're going to answer that question, what do we want? We need to be vigilant in the experiences of our children, which means asking it more than we think. Yes, we can qualify it like asking, what do you want for your birthday? But by making it a point to look at the life your child wants after school, more goals need to be set, more targets acquired, more of what they want in life can be identified. It's not just that they're doing certain extracurricular activities to look good for colleges. The information and skills gained in those activities will have a greater impact on their lives in the long term. Therefore, keep the question in front of them. Not constantly, of course, but not so distant that when the time comes to actually make a decision, or worse, when the world decides what your child will do and they get very little choice in the matter, that they aren't traumatically affected by the life change they're about to undergo. They can be ready for it and take control of their own launch sequence. Thanks for joining us here for episode number two. Many more to come, so I hope you'll stick around and send this to a friend or two that might benefit or have someone they'd like to see do a successful launch. Till then, Bill Priestley, quoting Andrew Claven, who said, The unexamined life is not worth living, but the unlived life is not worth examining. See you next time. The Launch Sequence is the official podcast of the Dream Job Factory. For more information, check out our website at dreamjobfactory.com where you can view all of the tools we have to help your child identify a life path. You can also sign up for our newsletter to get the latest podcasts and information in the career discernment space for young people. We also invite you to join our Facebook page at facebook.com slash thedreamjobfactory. Thank you.